Borag Dog Earthlets! My name is Conrad, alongside my friend Eli, and this is the third episode of the Judge Dredd Magazine Primer, a podcast where two Americans try to establish a foundation of knowledge to come to grips with the Judge Dredd Magazine. This episode, we're talking about Judge Dredd and one of his greatest enemies, the, the dark mirror of the lawman of the future, none other than Judge Death. And to that end, we're looking at uh, Judge Dredd stories from all over Dredd's history. You can find the comics we're covering today in Judge Dredd, The Complete Case Files 3 and 5, and Judge Anderson, The Sci-Files, Volume 1. How are you doing this time, Eli? I'm doing great. Yeah. I like it more and more each time. Nice. I hope you <laughs> like we're, – we're, we're interested in this Judge Death guy. He's a uh, he's definitely a character we'll be seeing a lot of in the magazine itself and just sort mm. of as you go through uh, uh, Judge Dredd in, in, in general. Um, yeah, it's just something you got to appreciate about that simple justice, you know. Yes, just, are you alive? Hey, then you're guilty. That's it. Exactly. Yeah, it's very. I mean, you know, it's uh, it, it it doesn't but it it doesn't uh, have a lot of nuance, but I think that also gives it a kind of purity, you know. <laughs> yes, exactly. He definitely loves what he does. Oh yeah, listen, he's got a whole crew of buddies doing it. You know, he's having a good <laughs> time. <laughs> Yeah, so we're talking about Judge Death. Like I, uh, I said last time, when Dredd defeats someone, they usually end up dead or in prison, and it's extremely rare for someone to make a for a villain to make a repeat appearance in Judge Dredd. Uh, Judge Death, though, is the exception to that rule. He's essentially indestructible. We'll see him confined to increasingly elaborate prisons, which he's able to break out of. Luckily, Mega City One has learned some lessons from the revolving doors, supervillain prisons like Arkham Asylum or something. And Judge Death is generally kept away for a decent amount of time. Like between his first his first appearance and his second, there's about a year and a half. After that, he'll be locked away for about four years' time or so. And after that, we haven't seen him for about five years. After you know, after this final story, we'll be talking about. Um, or at least, you know, so it seems. We'll see. We'll talk more about Judge Jeff's recent activities in later primers once oh. we've gotten to them in the course of Space Spinner 2000. We haven't talked about – we haven't gotten to them on the other podcast yet. So, you know, I'll be jumping ahead. <laughs> but there's about to be a lot of big deals with Judge Death as we come for as we uh, move forward. I also just – I wanted to show you these sort of earlier adventures just kind of to, to give you a sense – that Judge Death can be real and be scary, I guess, mm. if, if that makes sense. Because he yeah. is going to sort of maybe lose, like be defanged a little bit in the course of the magazine. So I just kind of want to be like, hey, this guy can be serious, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was good to know. Yeah, he's plenty scary in these. So Definitely. Yeah. So uh, once again, everything we're covering was either written by John Wagner or John Wagner and his writing partner, Alan Grant. The first two stories were drawn by Brian Bolland. He'd soon head over to the U.S. and do a ton of work for DC Comics. Um, he did the art for one of the definitive Joker stories, the uh, Batman villain, the story of The Killing Joke. Mm, I can see that. And um, did several years for the comic Animal Man. He did a ton of iconic covers for a bunch of different uh, DC superheroes, um, probably most notably Wonder Woman, among others. Then, uh, most notably for me, it's the teeth. His mm. use of, how he does teeth is all every time amazing to me. But anyway, uh, yeah, definitely, I'll gush about that later, probably. Yeah, no, I want I want to hear yeah. like we've got some some top art guys in here, so I'd love to hear yeah. what your what your feelings are uh, as <laughs> as we get through them for sure. Um, yeah. The uh, third story, the four dark judges, has art. A, a lot of art by by Brett Ewins, who is just coming into his own at the stage of 2000 AD and become a very influential UK artist, including starting the influent the uh, the big alt comic uh, Deadline, along with uh, we'll, we'll see art by uh, art editor Robin Smith and some fairly early work by, by Cliff Robinson, who takes a lot of inspiration from Bolland, down to doing a ton of covers for 2018. <laughs> but let's jump in, I think, to these stories with our first one. Judge Death, which is uh, written by John Wagner as John Howard, with art by Brian Ballin and letters by Tom Frame. We start with like a, a very um, – I, I should say this story is the is one right after the uh, story, the uh, Judge Minty story that we talked about in our first primer. Oh, okay. Like these are very – like this sort of a very iconic month of the prog, that one, sort of January 1981. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Was I wanted to comment on this uh, first page. Yeah. Uh, great use of blacks. Um, everything's super dark. It's almost like everything started black and then they uh, brought the white in for what must have been uh, highlights. Uh, but it's very appropriate for the theme that they're setting. Uh, when death shows up, you know, it's such a, a dark theme. Yeah, uh, that out was, of the shadows. Uh, it's awesome. Right. Yeah, it was very appropriate. I really like that. Yeah, we see a criminal escaping the judge in the back alley of Mega City One when a judge corners him, but it's not a judge. It's Judge Death. <laughs> in, instead of an eagle, he's got this bat winged gargoyle on his shoulder, right. and his other shoulder pad has like bones on it and stuff. Right. right, and he has the Death badge with the the fangs, but you don't want to see that. I mean, you you know, you're looking for their ID number or their name. No, you don't want to see that skull. That's a bad sign. Right, yeah. And name death, you know, that's already rough. Definitely, yeah. And his and, he, and he's got and, and like Dread, he always wears his helmet, but his helmet is this like fence of metal spikes, basically. Right. Yeah. I was trying to figure out what that was. I understood the gargoyle and the bones. The fence, I guess it's just like an old school maybe representing of a tombstone or some type yeah, of Yeah, that sounds paper. right. Yeah, or like a like a sharpened gate or something like that. You know, it's like a lot of these uh of these dark judge uh uniforms definitely going for cool points instead of raw functionality, right. you know. <laughs> but I think that uh death always wearing his helmet makes him like like a real dark mirror of uh Judge Dredd, you know, sort mm-hmm. of right. make an even more evil version somehow. Uh, <laughs> right. His hand reaches into the perp's body and he dies of terror. Oh, no. <laughs> and we just see him standing his ha- hand inserted into into this guy's body. My name is Death. I have come to judge you. <laughs> awesome. Oh, I love man. Him too. Uh, he drags his C's and S's, which was... Yeah, he's got that like a like a like a like a Cobra Commander or something. Yes, exactly. Like, like sibilant you know. way of speaking, you know. Right. That's how you know it's evil. There's a lot of evil going on. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely, definitely. A lot of evil signifiers going on here. Uh, <laughs> the judges find the perp's death. Uh, the the perp's body died of terror. Um, they find some flesh under his fingernails. It's old, like skin that's been dead for centuries. Somehow. Dread and the other judges are on patrol as Death wanders into the Rabbit Club, where there's just sort of some general nightclub stuff going on. A DJ's playing the number one hit, Who Put Who Put the Bop? And <laughs> the sound abounds. Right. We then cut away as Judge Death comes in, kills the DJ, starts working his way through the club. Oh, it's real bad. <laughs> I'm wondering, because he keeps putting his hand in people. I'm wondering if where he puts it matters. And I guess we see throughout. I think he he's puts it in different places. People's it's, heads, people's, yeah. anywhere where your vital organs could or could not be. That, I think that's where he's aiming. Yeah, it's just kind of the the, the, the touch of death more than right. anything else, you know. Right. I thought it was interesting that they actually had him put his hand into them. Like, it was yeah. You could have just touched their forehead or something, and then they die. But no, it's kind of it's kind of semi corporeal or something. Like right. it just sort of slides inside your body somehow. Right. I think it's I, to me. It seemed like they were doing that to make it. You know, like this thing's uh, out of this world. I don't yeah. know if you like any mutants or ghosts or anything later on, but um, I mean, there's always were, yeah. The, I, even at this point, there's there's the potential for weird mutants and stuff like that. So de- but, yeah, they are definitely kind of say like yeah. I, I I think you're right that this is a real um, something special, basically. Right. Uh, so uh, Judge Dredd and other judges arrive to find the entire nightclub lying dead at Death's feet. We see Judge Ross try to uh, try to, to to rush Judge Death and just gets judo chopped to instant death because of it. <laughs> like he's kind of puts his hand down and goes right into his chest and stuff. Um, and the remaining four judges blast away at Judge Death, but he just gets back up. You cannot kill what does not live. <laughs> He's come to bring law to this city. My law, the law of death. Oh, it's real cool. Right. He loves just talking about death. You know, it's probably a bore at parties, you know, hard to talk to about, you know, relationships or anything because he's going to talk about death. But Oh, yeah, definitely- no, Definitely. 
I don't. Uh, I feel like uh, it, him and uh, Judge Dredd would probably have a lot in common with their like weird puns and ways to incorporate <laughs> the word death or whatever weird phrase into their sentences. Yeah, if they could get to a point where they aren't trying to kill each other, I think they could be pals. To be honest, right. yeah. Right. That's funny with death at death at a party. He just kind of like is talking yeah. about death, and people are like, "Hey, like let's talk about something else." And he's just like right. silent for thirty seconds. Then, so death, right? <laughs> that conversation bored me to death. Oh no! Right. Speaking yeah. of which, <laughs> yeah, judge death kills another judge, and dread switches from uh, regular bullets to incendiary rounds, which turns. Death's body into a flaming inferno. But as the fire goes out, a strange smoke rises from Death's body in the shape of his head and then says, you know, he'll still win and flies off. It's, you know, Death's weird, man. What can you do against that kind of thing? Right. I liked it because it wasn't until this point that I hadn't uh, canceled out Scooby Doo shenanigans. Mm, you yeah, you, you pull off the helmet and it's some right. judge trying to demolish the old amusement park right. or something right. like he, that. He's got some type of like holographic hand that he's putting in people, and then that's why it looks that way. But then you burst him into flames, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, maybe no, this- once you go full, full ghost cloud, it's hard to, it's hard to be <laughs> like, oh, this is just a series of illusions. Right. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I, I, I love this just because it keeps raising the stakes of like what can be possible here, you know? Right. So anyway, let's get down to the lab, do some regular science um, and have <laughs> someone from from uh, from side division come over to uh, to scan this corpse. And who's here to do it, buddy? It's judge. It's side judge Cassandra Anderson. Whoa. This uh- is. I think this is the first, or no, she appeared um, during, during the graveyard shift in the previous primer, but this is her mm. first appearance in the comics generally. Got it. I thought that was funny when you were saying that uh, this one of Judge Dredge's, uh, you know, biggest enemies, it seemed like it was mostly hers. If, if I had to figure out who had, uh, well, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. No, 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 no. You're, 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 you're definitely right. I think um, he kind of comes back against Dredd. Uh, coming up, oh, okay, but got it. I think generally, yeah, like the uh, the fight against Judge Death definitely heavily involves Anderson for sure. Right. Like you know, even yeah. in even in these ones, yeah, it's just that like you know, it's not until she gets a solo comic that she sort of goes and does her own oh. thing. That's not definitely right. nice. She's working and getting getting that rec- uh, reputation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think you know, um, I think of the judges we see in the comics, like. Um, you know, Dred's always there, but 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 Anderson's probably the judge that that that, that has the most uh, uh, non-Dred time, you know. Right, and I guess it makes sense. Uh, uh, she, her, uh, you know, having those abilities made her, I guess, a better candidate for the supernatural. Uh, yeah, she can deal with different problems than Dred can deal with for sure. Because right. we're going to do judge a skeleton, like you know, you can't really. He's an extra yeah, Dred- hand. Dredd can't do much with a skeleton, but Anderson can do a lot, you know? <laughs> yeah, uh, there's been a lot of – there's been some discussion about sort of who her look is based on. I've heard uh, uh, Debbie Harry from a Blondie a lot in this era. Um, mm-hmm. She almost never wears a helmet. She's got, you know, blonde hair. She's like very light, light-hearted and like jokey as opposed to Dredd, you know? Like – yes. You know, it, like even like the second panel she's in, you see her like smiling really, really, really widely while Dred's frowning really hard. They're like a, right, yes. like a comedy and tragedy masks or something like that. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, she's always trying to pick up like some banter with Dred, but he never uh, uh, goes with her. Right. But we see her scanning the skull of Judge Death and makes a connection. And this leads us to some backstory of Judge Death from another world. But the judges have decided that all crime is connected to being alive. And thus, life itself must be made illegal. Sound logic. Yeah. Okay. I see no flaw with any of that. I mean, I mean, I guess it is logically sound. (laughs) (laughs) It, it, that's the impatient uh, decision making. Yeah, you like, know, 
<laughs> All these corpses aren't causing any problems. Yeah, like <laughs> I understand the thinking. There's got to be some bit, some more basic thing, <laughs> some more basic things that keep you from just killing everybody. You know, right. <laughs> Um, yeah, so now he's come to our world because, like, everything is going real great where he comes from. So he's going to spread his his message to, to to Earth, basically. Crime is life. Sentence is death. That's the catchphrase. Right. With all, with all that established, uh, Judge Anderson heads out on her own. See you later, adjudicator, and gets ready right. for bed. But when she right. does, the ghostly form of death arrives and takes control of her. She's been possessed. They're partners in death. I also I wanted to add that this last page and the two before I love the teeth. I just couldn't. I kept going back and forth, just like man, they got all the teeth. They even got like the little ridges on them with gums. It was just yeah, uh, these these close ups of when Anderson's like channeling death because I think it's it's one of those things where where no no matter what happens, everybody's got scary teeth. And right, they're a big they're a big part of Judge Death himself. Right, so yeah. Uh, but I was just uh, impressed, uh, me as an illustrator, whenever I have to draw teeth, I usually just give them a line. You know, I, I, I make it easy. Mm-hmm. This, this guy got some anatomy books out, uh, talked to a dentist, yeah. and just, uh, d- they did their work on this one. Yeah, definitely. I think so. Like, um, I know Voland does use anatomy, actually does use some anatomy books for references and stuff. He nice. talked about how he had to do it because he'd been work, he had to do that one time because he'd been working on, on Judge Dredd for so long where everybody has, um, elbow and knee pads. And so he had to get, he had to like do some, do some reference stuff just because he was drawing a non dread thing. And it's like, what does an elbow look like again? Anyway, I'm out, of, I'm out of elbow practice here. I'm used to these pads, you know? That's funny. So we see Judge Anderson being controlled by Judge Death. She goes to the Mega City one morgue and retrieves his corpse. I love this image of just her uh, walking around, like holding, holding uh, uh, death's death skeleton, like in her arms, and she's just like, "Ah, I'm freaking out here." <laughs> right. I-, I noticed on her bed she has a, a PSI. Uh, yeah, because she's a side judge. The side judges have special badges that that don't have their okay. names. They have their uh, their departments. Yeah, that's fun. All right. Although part of me just wonders if that's because Anderson's a real long name, and they sort of figured right. out the name, and then they were like, "Oh man, I don't want to write that on a badge every time she I, shows up." I can see that too. <laughs> you know, that's how it goes sometimes, I guess. Right. But yeah, uh, she she grabs his body. She takes out guards with some kicks. Here we see that um, in this story, Anderson is wearing high heeled boots, but that's not always the case as the character <laughs> develops. Like, <laughs> she will eventually have more conventional boots, is what I'm trying to say. Right. You got to eventually. Right after you defeat death enough times, you're like, hey, I'm not going to let death take me out with these high heels. Yeah, that's gotta... what I imagine. If I was death wearing high heels, that'd probably be the way I die. <laughs> yeah, me too, for God's sakes. Like a giraffe up there. Um, <laughs> she, she takes out all the guards. Uh, Dredd gives Anderson a chance to uh, – or, or or tries to get Anderson to to resist death, but she can't. Um, and they brought um, – but we do get like a mental image of like I'm in this. I'm, I'm here. Come get me and uh, bring Boing. <laughs> I don't know if you remember actually from the graveyard shift story, we saw yeah. someone boing it around in one of these like yeah. indestructible balls of like plastic that you could bounce yeah. around in and stuff. Yeah. I had immediately uh, thought of that uh, when they had said it. Excellent. Yeah. That's sort of, we, we'd seen it once or twice in the prog beforehand. So it's very much like sort of this, something that's been, that's been um, set up for a while and now we're sort of paying off on it and stuff. <laughs> um, Dredd gets the hint and leads a team of judges to a low-rise conapt building. There, Anderson's treating Death's body with something called dead fluids. Not quite clear what those are, but better not to worry about it at this point. Um, right, right. Till Dredd arrives, he destroys. He, he uses like a high X round to destroy Death's body completely. Right. You see the skeleton and spinal column and lower jaw. Flying, flying into the all air. over the place. Yeah, the whole the whole place is sealed airtight, so Death has no nowhere to run. He tries to possess Anderson's body to take him out, and does one of those like two handed mm-hmm. Captain Kirk hammer blows kind of things, but it's no right. use. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Dredd pulls out this boing spray paint and encases Anderson in the mystery plastic forever. <laughs> and we sort of end this story with Anderson in a big ball of a boing, which I guess was then shaved down to just a cube. And now she's on display in the Hall of Heroes of the Justice Department, just in this museum, saying, uh, here's Judge Anderson. A monster dwells within her. I do think it's fun that they kept Boeing so mysterious because my immediate thought was, does that have any uh, preservation elements to it? I mean, you, people would still suffocate, die, decompose if they're just in some thing. Mm. But because Boeing's a future substance and that I don't know anything about it. Maybe you could breathe through it or something like yeah, that. I ended disbelief. I was like, hey, you know what? Maybe that's exactly how that would work. Yeah, I mean, it could just be like I'm sort of chalking it up to like a suspended animation from the Boeing combined with maybe the supernatural power of Judge Death is preserving Uh Anderson in there as well, you know, because they're both in there. Yeah, because I was wondering like uh, because those guys who are Boeing around the city, they weren't frozen in suspended animation. They were just doing – Well, they were just in in like a – in like a thin bubble of Boeing. I see. Versus like a whole big mass of it, you know? Right. I got to get me some of that, see what I can pull off with it. Yeah, listen, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's the expansion of that slime craze the kids were all into a year or two ago, you know? (laughs) But bigger and bouncier. Perfect. But so, yeah, Dread and, uh, so Death and Anderson are trapped in Boeing forever, or at least until August of 1982, which let's go to right now, or August of 1981, I should say, which let's jump to right now with Judge Death Lives. Ironic. Yeah. So this is like our first story was in January of 1980. This one's in August of 81. So it's been about a year and a half or so, year and eight months. Yeah, so script script is uh, John Wagner, Alan Grant is TV Grover, art about Brian Ball, and letter about Tom Frame. And in the Hall of Justice, Side Judge Anderson lies in state, encased in Boeing, trapping both her and the evil Judge Death that that resides in her mind. Um, We see it's like part of the tour, basically. Like there's just a um, uh, Judge. uh, What is this? Judge Sterney, I guess, is like leading. Um, um, folks through and they, you know, they can see all the dead judges, including, um, including, uh, Anderson preserved in Boeing and stuff like that as, as we go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I did love the next, uh, thing they were going to show was, um, judge Hearst, the inventor of the flesh disintegrator. Like, you know, so <laughs> yeah. you get some graphic stuff in this museum when you're, yeah. uh, in the tour. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, there's also a re- like a minor reference to uh, another Dread saga because there's a bust of uh, Judge Faye here that says oh. he predicted he predicted disaster. Nice. Which is some other big stories and stuff. But but one guy le- uh, stays behind mm. and uses a laser cutter to punch a hole in the Boeing and also the judge who's guarding the exhibit. Just FYI. Right. and everything. Why uh, stop there? Looks like he was already missing an arm too. So that's Yo, know, that guy he he he's like an old judge, so he's, you know, he's on museum yeah. duty because he lost his arm presumably and now that's he's right. just mi- minding the exhibits. <laughs> right. But so he soon cuts a hole in the Boeing and frees Judge Death. Death then possesses the man and walks out into the night. He's just killing judges as he goes, just blast them with lasers and things like that. It's pretty right. Yeah, it's uh, all the bodies are soon discovered. Dred's called in and Anderson's free. Luckily, uh, you know, we'll find out what's going on in here. Check out everybody. Uh, the man who free Judge Death turns out to uh, or returns to his home in the Billy Carter block. This is another one of those um, celebrity city blo- uh, celebrity city blocks. Billy Carter was the beer making younger brother of President Jimmy Carter. Um, where he finds that his wife is dead, killed despite the promises of the three dark judges, fear, fire, and mortis. Oh my gosh! That's terrible. You can't you can't trust those guys. You know, it's just no man. True. One of them, one of them's on fire. You know, right, right now, right. I love these judges, man. Yeah, there's there's Judge Fire, who's of course a, just a flaming dude with a trident. Uh, right. 
Judge Mortis, who's got like like a go- like a horse skull for a head, mm. basically, and it's just real skeletal and stuff. And then the mysterious Judge Fear with this like winged helmet and these big bear traps on his shoulders and a big claw- cloak and stuff like that. Yeah, He's those great. bear traps, that's uh, serious business. When you there have are- bear trap shoulder pads, he does throw uh, them every now and then. Like that's a that's an ability that that, that, that that's on the table with this guy. <laughs> uh, I, when I first saw this, I immediately thought Horsemen of Death. Definitely, uh, yeah, they definitely ran into that. Yeah, they've got a four horsemen kind of feel for sure. So it's time to bring Death back to life. This dude's body <laughs> is drained by Judge Mortis, treated with those weird dead fluids we saw in the first story. Meanwhile, mm. Dred's heading to the Billy Carter block as Death himself takes possession of his new body and. Puts his cool uniform back on, his garb of office. <laughs> the dark judges explain uh, that that they came here when Death did not return from his mission. And now it's time to once again bring the justice of Death to this world. Death activates a magical globe thing, which surrounds the block in a glowing shield. Dread the other judges can't get in, and the dark judges begin their grim work, killing everybody at a swanky party next door. Oh, no. Yeah, gotta watch your swanky parties. You never know when death and a guy on fire will come in and really ruin it. Yeah, for real, it's tough. Yeah, we see a bunch of the other dark judges' powers, like fire can sort of shoot napalm out of his trident. Fear's got a cage in his helmet that he can open and, like, scare you to death by what's inside the helmet. And it seems Mm -hmm. like Mortis can just touch you and skeletonize you instantly, basically. Yeah, I took that as decay, as um, a corrosion or decaying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost like time. Yeah, uh, it's like suddenly you you become like a like a de- like a desiccated thousand year old corpse or something. It's right. like uh, if you pick the wrong Grail in Indiana Jones and the Temple in the and and the Last Crusade or something like that. You know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So uh, citizens try to escape the block, but run right into the shield, which instantly incinerates them. There's mm. seventy thousand people in that block, and all are in mortal danger. Right. I did like that. He was like, "Those fifty people just died." He was like. You don't talk to me about 50 people. We got 70,000. You know, we got to yeah. think about the big picture here. Right. <laughs> I'm sure those guys within earshot, I think they couldn't hear them, but I know they would probably be upset by hearing that. They uh, know what they know the score. You know. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> the, the dark judges are rampaging through the Billy Carter block, sentencing everyone they come agro- across to death. There's some pretty solid comedy spots. I love this as a uh, death is like killing people in the shower and stuff like that, and like spooking right. them or whatever. Like this mm-hmm. is this is solid entertainment, you know. Right. <laughs> Outside the block, Anderson arrives to explain everything to Dread, and back inside the block defense corps, we've seen these guys. I think these kinds of guys before. These like military units inside blocks that sort of never really accomplish anything besides getting themselves killed, essentially. Uh, <laughs> You need the fodder in there every once in a while to really show how bad these bad guys are. Absolutely. And they're just sort of taking these guys out, just like turning this park into like a uh, into a slaughterhouse, basically. It's Peanut Park, which is another uh, Jimmy Carter reference, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Weapons got no use. Outside, Anderson uses her psychic abilities to allow both her, her and Dread to breach the shield and enter the block. But Death instantly senses her presence. Anderson. Love that. So, Dredd and Anderson get through. Dark judges split up, and Anderson senses location of the shield itself. They make their way there, but get stopped by Judge Fire. And uh, after they try to, like, boing him, and that doesn't do anything. You know, right. like the one you don't want to try to boing. Right. But I'm glad that they tried it just to uh, say that they did, you know? All right. I think it would have worked so much better on any of the other. Uh, Ooh, yeah, know. the fire, the fire might have helped him out to escape the boy. Right. You're right. You're, 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 you're definitely right. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so uh, a- after that's ineffective, Dread collapses the ceiling onto the fiery judge, trapping him. Then Anderson and, and Dread arrive at the apartment with a shield and confront Judge Fear. He uses his bear trap shoulder pads to catch um, Judge Anderson, which is pretty solid, you know. Oh, yes. Get him, get her in the leg. Ah, man trap. And then it happens. 
Fear grabs dread and opens his mask. Gaze into the face of fear. But dread comes right back. Because, you know, we, we've seen this before that fear powers don't work on him because he's not afraid of nothing. Right. He just responds by shouting, gaze into the fist of death and punches right through his, his helmet. Right. That'll do it. Yeah, Judge uh, Dredd definitely won that one. Definitely. Just so you know, this is easily the most like famous Judge Dredd panel of all time. <laughs> Like this Punching fear in the face. And yeah. saying gaze into the fist of death. That's just good wordplay. Right. You know, I think we all know how important that is, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is like, you know, if 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 you had to pick one Judge Dread panel, this one's really one of the one of the main <laughs> ones. Um Anderson uh hits fear with some incendiary rounds, and Dread takes out the shield as the spirit of fear flies away. The shield's down, and so you gotta hit the block with everything you've got. And this takes us at last as Billy Car- the, as the uh, judges are assaulting the Billy Carter block. The, wor- the worm is turned for the dark judges, and they teleport away to their home dimension to for to safety. Mm. Dread's not no, sat. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Are those teleporters commonplace? I don't remember those teleporters. No, I don't. I mean, I think we just saw them. Uh, like they just came around for here for sure. Okay. Although we'll see much more of them in the next story. Right. Sort of like yes. Explaining where these extra dimensional judges came from, basically. Right. Makes sense. That's cool. So uh, I guess. Yeah. Go ahead. Right. What? That's how, I guess, how they got to this. Yeah, plane. exactly. Yeah. They use those to go from dead world to dread world, essentially. <laughs> I do. I do wonder what uh, uh, other dimensions they tried or if there's only like two. It was just like. This was the the galaxy next door, or maybe it's a different world, a different yeah, planet. Yeah, it's a good question. It's not really explained if they've successfully colonized other realities besides their own, or right. like how they decided to show up on Dredd's world as opposed to another one or something like that. Yeah, yeah. well, details, details. Yeah, right? we got to- you know, we'll, maybe we'll learn about it eventually. It definitely just means there's more to be covered with these characters, you know? Yep. But yeah, so Dredd and Anderson grab Judge Fear's teleporter off his dead body, or more dead body, and they teleport after the Dark Judges arriving in Dead World, where life is illegal, all the city blocks have been twisted into these uh, uh, crazy uh, evil shapes, and the ground's carpeted with human bones. It's very like Terminator or something like that in here, you know? Uh, Anderson swamped by the cries of the planet's dead calling for revenge and the three remaining dark judges confront the pair next to the statue of the last human being that was killed like the last person that was alive a statue of him being killed you guys being choked out for all of eternity right it's a good time (laughs) dread opens fire it's got no effects and he judge uh, fear or judge fire throws a trident in his shoulder and melts his gun and stuff. It's it's real tough. Um, mm. Meanwhile, Judge Anderson comes under psychic assault from from the judges. She falls to his knees, to her knees, and feels the agony of millions of tormented souls through the bones in the ground. But from those, she draws immense power. Yes, those uh, tormented souls had a lot to say. They Absolutely. were very. Yeah, she in turn gets the ability to sentence the dark judges to death. They crumble to dust where they stand. At last, it's over. The dark judges are defeated forever. Yeah, cool. <laughs> just like last time. Yeah. Uh, one thing I thought was interesting when they said they were teleporting to the world. I don't know why I expected um, everyone to just be like in these zombie states. I assumed a large population. Mm. It was just they were all already dead. But it seems like it was just four guys in this whole dimension. Yeah, yeah that was interesting. There's not oh. a lot of dudes in the – yeah, like they don't even really – they aren't really that into even zombifying people. Like they just got a real oh, – ske- right. like literal skeleton crew, I guess. You know, no pun right. intended. Uh, yeah, so uh, I, I, running what's left of this reality. Yeah, so I, I have to assume it was just four judges that were able to figure out what uh, death juice was or uh, – and inject themselves with it to keep themselves dead but also alive. And I assume a lot of the other – sorry, I'm I'm creating a whole other narrative for this. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll tell you that like there are a few more and like honestly like like whether the dark judges kill dudes or zombify them can vary based on who's telling the story and what kind of story they want to tell, you know? Mm-hmm. But I can see that. 
we will while we don't learn it here we will learn actually a lot of judge death backstory in the magazine oh. so oh, get ready nice. for that so you know yeah don't don't solidify on a head cannon until you, you you've got all okay. the information that's what i'm trying to say all right i'm <laughs> But yeah, so, uh, you know, Judge Death has been, def- the Dark Judges have been defeated forever, and Judge Death will return in 1985, uh, or in this case, on the next page here, as we, as we move from the pages of Judge Dredd to um, Judge Anderson's own, own series, uh, Anderson Side Division, and this story, uh, Four Dark Judges. Sorry, Four Dark Judges. <laughs> So this one, uh, the script robot is uh, Alan Grant and John Wagner is Grant Grover. The art robots are Brett Ewins, Cliff Robinson, Robin, and Robin Smith. And the letter robot Tom's, is uh, Tom Frame. Four dark judges. Here we go. We see Judge Anderson waking up sexily as the specter of Judge Death rings in her mind, telling her that he's back, that he'll have his revenge. Uh, she's called to the Psy Lab, and we get a quick recap of the events of uh, of uh, Judge Death Lives and stuff as she gets ready for work, basically just sort of catching people up. You know, it's just been a page for us, but it's been about about four years for the readers, right. so you got to kind of talk about it. That makes sense. Um, at Psy Division, Anderson scans the mind of a corpse to find the location of a kidnapping victim, and she and Judge Grogan ride to investigate it. Um, in the ruins of the Wilson Tucker block, who was a pulp sci-fi writer, the judges take down the kidnapper and the baby kidnappee is saved. But Anderson sees the ghostly head of Judge Death, like flying around as a creepy sperm ghost kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> she follows it underground where she is confronted by the evil lawman himself. Oh, no. <laughs> He's going to make her his instrument of destruction. <laughs> the multiple C's in destruction are hard to say. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. Yes. Why don't they try to read that out? Dis- destruction. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, like right. I could see having multiple C's and it's that like a S kind of sound. But the K sound, right. that's hard to, hard to try right. out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyway, Anderson confronts death as the grim judges kill a citizen and fades away. She goes to investigate, leaving Judge Grogan with this screaming infant kidnap victim. He's like, oh, man, I don't know what to do with this kid. <laughs> she uh, she uh, heads to the Chuck Windsor luxury block, better known as uh, Prince Charles of England, where she finds... The, vic- uh, the, the, the victim she, she saw death killing scans his mind and sees death herself. Her vision confirmed. She is very confused because she knows she killed death and the other judges, but doesn't know what's going on with all that. So to right. confirm it, she goes to the Black Museum at the Grand Hall of Justice, full of exhibits of Mega City One's enemies. And like here, there, there are a bunch of ones. If you're a longtime reader, that you'd be familiar with. There's like a like a Clegg, which is this like alligator alien that was um, a henchman for Judge Cal, and his brain, Judge Cal's brain, has been preserved here as well. As are some relics of um, the uh, the Apocalypse War. There's some Sobset stuff and some kind of preserved T Rex as well, which is yeah, more problem more of a problem than you'd think of Mega City One, you know. They had kind of a Jurassic Park situation at one point. There's dinosaurs running amok generally, you know? Classic. Yeah. So she goes to uh, the Judge Death, to the Dark Judges um, uh, exhibit, uh, pulls a uh, pulls one of their teleporters off their belt, which are apparently still just working, like the actual regular old teleporters, right. fully functional. Right. That, was, right. that was the real one. They didn't just paint a marble or anything and put it on there for nope. the exhibit. It's real and it's fully loaded. You could just pull it off and zap yourself to another reality if you want to. Have a good time. Yeah, that's why you got to read those signs there in here. You know, don't grab the teleporter on this the belt. You know, kids, stay away. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so she grabs it, uh, presses the button and goes to investigate Dead World itself. You know, good times. <laughs> I love this art by Brett Ewins at the start of this story of Dead World, this massive skyscraper, skyscrapers full of like screaming faces and like arm bones coming out of everything and stuff like that. It's an amazing image. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's uh, 
way different than the um, one that we'd seen previously, where it was much more of a simple tower. Yeah. Uh, this one, much larger, more grandiose. They've definitely done some remodeling. I don't <laughs> know if you teleport in the same place or if the teleporter just takes you to, I don't know what, what type of coordinates they give you, but, but yeah, it is awesome. It probably could be special coordinates just because we know that she's being sent here specially. So, so she might not realize that she's put in uh, like certain notes mm. into the teleporter or something. Yeah. And also her hair seems shorter in this one. I don't know if that. Yeah. Uh, I think in the ensuing, like, honestly, every artist, like, I feel like every artist has a different look for Anderson, kind of. Hmm. Like, and actually, going back, it's not really too different. It's still short. Yeah. Uh, I think that was the goal. <clears throat> I mean, Brett. I mean, honestly, because it's it, it's a little bit the difference between 1981 and 1985, just in terms of like uh, fashions and stuff like that. You know, like this, like Brett Ewens Anderson has this hair that like, like kind of sticks out and has a lot of gel involved or a hairspray and right. stuff involved. Whereas right, I yeah. think I think Ballins Anderson has like a like has more like a natural hair or something like right. that. Like it, it just kind of falls as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, Mo- more modern Anderson hair is less respectful of gravity, or this era of Anderson, you know. <laughs> but that it changed a lot over the years. There's a big controversy nowadays about whether you should draw Anderson like as an older as an older woman, basically, because right. you know the Dredge world does kind of advance um, in in step with our own, which means this these adventures that we're reading right now took place. 35 years ago, you know, so mm. presumably she wouldn't still be like a pretty young thing at this point, you know? Yeah, I'd probably give her a couple wrinkles. I don't know if, um, you know, if that psychic ability allows you to hold parts of your face up, give yourself a little facelift, but. I mean, it's certainly possible. And there's just sort of ambient like tech that could handle that stuff. But, you right. know, it's a sort of, it's a, it's a controversy, basically. Right. Like there's sort of I, people can, people have different feelings about it. Different, right. different artists I, do different things with it. When you have the age issue, usually I thought the solution was just to give her a kid that looks exactly like her. So that way, you know, he's pretty much the exact same art. And then um, just, but no, young, that's her daughter. Young though. Judge and Anderson. Dog. Yeah. Well, you know, we've had some problems with that in the past of, of, of oh. it happening to characters. So it's like a touchy subject in the Justice Department, <laughs> I think. Oh. <laughs> that's why. Okay. <laughs> So Anderson moves into the Dead World Hall of Justice. We see that same statue from last time, I guess, where the last the last human was killed and stuff so like that. Um, she finally enters it, where the ghostly head of the Dark Judges come to life and attack her. They enter her mind and take control, forcing her to walk to the necropolis where she finds four perfectly preserved bodies, dresses them in the uniforms of the Dark Judges, and injects them with these mysterious dead fluids again. Their spirits re-enter the bodies, and Anderson regains her mind. But it's too late! The Dark Judges live again! I do wonder how many more times they could do that, if they need these like perfectly preserved bodies. I bet they have an archive. We kept a thousand just yeah. over there, you know, raisining yeah. up in the sun. They'd be fools to not have spares, you know? Right, right. Like, if you're going to start colonizing other planets with your dead stuff, you got to, like, be ready to replace yourself as time goes by, you know? Hmm. Um, They're very creative. Uh, They they have so many ways of getting new bodies. They have some backups. Uh, Also, if you just put some death gel on, you know, a skeleton. But also, if you just have some people that are alive, you just get your buddy to age them, and then you just... You hit him with the death gel, and then you're you're in again. Yeah, you just kind of you need a corpse. You need some dead fluids. You definitely need like your special like a uh, judge pants and stuff like that. But after that, you're pretty much good to go. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I love this uh, cover uh, for Prog Four Nineteen. This one with the judge heads. Like, there's no stopping us now. It's right. real cool. So the Dark Judge has been resurrected on Dead World. Anderson is to be their first victim. She fights valiantly, but in the end falls. The Dark Judges grab the teleporter from her and Dimension Jump and head to Mega City 1 at the Ronald Reagan block for the uh, aged and infirm, which is another 2000 AD, you know, uh, uh, Ronald Reagan joke. Um, <laughs> we've got Eldsters who are playing an anti-Judge Death video game when the Dark Judge himself arrives. Ooh, this is awkward. 
<laughs> it's funny. They, We've been a death this long, and then uh, <laughs> death just comes up. Yeah, you guys are overdue. And then yeah. they start killing them. The elders are starting to run. Daughter for it, which is <laughs> just, just like, oh, we're old. We got we're doddering around, you know. <laughs> and uh, reports of the dark judges return and Anderson's hand, and we also learn of Anderson's role in it. And they, that all rolls into Judge Magruder's desk. We as a city are in trouble. In Dead World, Anderson comes to. It seems she shielded herself from the dark judges and played possum, pretending to be dead at just the right moment. So, but, but now she's got to deal with the fallout of her actions. You know, she's responsible yeah. for all these guys coming back, which is real bad. Um, meanwhile, the dark judges are killing everybody in the Ron Reagan block using their various powers. The judges arrive on the scene. They like use a fire hose to douse Judge Fire, which is pretty awesome. Um, and so the dark judges instead just make their escape using their teleporters, just kind of uh, get out of there just in time. Yeah, this goes on for a while too. Uh, killing judges show up, they teleport. They kill more judges show up, they teleport. I, I would have been so annoyed being a judge. Just, yeah, you know, like, like, come on. Like, it's no fun fighting a teleporting enemy, you know? Right. Yeah. And I, th- I mean, it was a good plan on the dark judges, though. This would have totally worked if, uh, you know, people weren't so well prepared for it. Well, yeah, uh, they, they added to their powers with, uh, with the teleporters, you know? <laughs> but it, that is what, one of my favorite things about the Justice Department in general. Like, they do kind of learn from their mistakes and have a Batman-esque quality of like, all right, we've seen this before. Like, we'll deal with it. Like, later, Anderson has a solo adventure where she teams up with, like, some exorcist judges. Like, some judges that just do exorcisms and stuff. It's pretty good. Um, yeah. yeah. Also, I should say, I didn't include it here, but this, this story does kind of uh, – um, crossover with the with the dreads um in this um at this time as well like i think dread investigated at least one of these uh murders but by, by, by the dark judges oh nice just sort of a fun like in universe kind of thing going on yeah. so uh they the dark judges arrive on a on an uptown train and continue their grim work meanwhile anderson returns to mc1 in time to get to justice central just as reports of the attack on the Ron Reagan block come in, what has she done? So the uh, 330 Zoom arrives, and with it, the dark judges are just killing everybody as they go. Um, judges are just are, uh, are, uh, are sent out there, as Anderson explains, that she was conned by Judge Death into freeing the judges. But apologies don't count with uh, tough Chief Judge Magruder, Anderson right. sent to her quarters ahead of a full disciplinary hearing and probably a sentence to tighten. Mm-hmm. And we even Sorry see for the uh, facelift. Yeah, we see her with the uh, with those uh, cyborg things that uh, Judge Rico had in that Return of Rico story. You know, like yeah, it looked exactly like his. Is that just always what they look like? They take your nose and uh, yeah. I, I mean, this is th- this art's probably done like using Rico as a reference for. Got it. Yeah, the uh, the cyborg stuff. I mean, you know, they they wouldn't have unique ones. They sort of got one specific way to make it so you can breathe on the surface of right. Titans of us of Saturn's moon. You know, yeah. probably just staple it to your forehead or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Right. One size fits all. You know, <laughs> um, the doctors arrive at the Dunk Ronaldo block, who is the actor behind the character, the Cisco Kid. Um, and the judges arrive there too. The doctors are killing everybody left and right. They're even killing them in bed. Oh, how embarrassing! <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, um, when the judges arrive, the, the dark judges teleport away as, again, they seem unbeatable. Even the side division can't track them. In her quarters, though, Anderson starts brainstorming a way to stop these jerks. <laughs> we see, uh, Block City defenses being rallied as the dark judges continue their assault. The army of the Casper Weinberger Block, who was then the U.S. Secretary of Defense, was, uh, it, they're ready for a fight until the dark judges actually do show up and just make quick work of everybody. Like their guns do right. nothing. They're just slaughtering everybody all over the place. Right. Throwing bear traps. Yeah. It's, it, it gets wacky. It's bad, you know, bad times. Yeah. They, they, uh, they, they, they lock a door shut with one of the bear traps. The, the, <laughs> the, the, the city deaf, deaf can't escape, you know? <laughs> Meanwhile, Anderson asks a tech judge if they ever managed to replicate death's dimension jump and it seems like they kind of have but they can't tune it it just kind of sends you to an endless limbo dimension 
And that gives Anderson an idea. So she runs out to, to work on it. <laughs> I wonder who did the testing on that. Uh, yeah, we sent uh, Paul and uh, yeah, he said he's in limbo now and we can't get him back. It's but I guess. Yeah, I guess that was different. Uh, actually, because I believe they do say that um, that thing destroys itself. So yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah, they end up using it in a way that, that destroys the uh, the teleporter. Yeah. But presumably they just sent some dude through and he came back and was like, oh, it was just limbo there, man. It's terrible. I don't like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But so, um, yeah, yeah. We see uh, judges on the sea, dark judges getting – and the dark judges themselves are getting angry that these regular judges keep bothering them. Their repeated interference is beginning to irritate. I'm like, jeez, you know? Right. But because of that, it means that they're heading to the sleeping quarters of the Grand Hall of Justice to kill the judges themselves. Right. Yeah. Wrap, wrap this up. Yeah. At the same time, Anderson gets one of those limbo devices and some limpet mines and has a plan, which she better act on because it looks like a bunch of judges are just about to get killed. After this, uh, Cliff Robinson takes over on art. And he and we and, and, and you'll notice we were talking about Anderson's hair uh, when he takes over on art. Her her hair chills, chills out right. quite a bit in comparison right. to the Brett yeah. Ewan's version. Right. Um, yeah, like, I just really like, you know, he's got this realistic style. It really contrasts with these ridiculous dark judges, I think. And they right. are themselves attacking the Justice Central crash dorms where judges get their weekly six hours of real sleep a week. Oh, man. Because you remember from that uh, graveyard shift story, usually they just get in, like, uh, sleep machines. Right. That yeah. give you a night's sleep in 10 minutes. But I guess every week you got to get some real sleep or you go crazy or something. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. It's just ruining their nap. It's rough. Terrible, man. Don't mess with me when I'm napping. That's my time. Right. Um, right. If you are death or on fire. I mean, some of those guys have to think they're still dreaming. You know, you seriously. Wake, yeah. wake up, there's a flame judge right there. And you're like, all right, I was, I'm obviously, no way this is happening. Yeah. That guy had a horse head. Seriously. sense. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Anderson yeah. senses the dark judges. She judo kicks. Um, the face of a tech judge to get this dimension jump and then runs to meet them. The alarm goes off and the dark judges continue their grim work on the sleeping judges. And But eventually the dark judges do uh, teleport, away, teleport away and into the control room once reinforcements arrive. And the dark judges teleport to where she is. Oh, they're teleporting all over the place. But she's ready and... As she um and as the dark judges advance upon her, she pulls her lawgiver and destroys Judge Fear's teleport device. Nice. She's like, oh, you're gonna kill me, but you forgot your manners. Ladies first. And she blows right. out. Good times. Then <laughs> Judge Fear uh bear traps Anderson again. She's been right, bear trapped. Yeah, she's been bear right. trapped quite a bit. I'm not gonna right. lie to you. And he's still, it's not even off his shoulder pads. He has bear traps in him somewhere. Like he's oh. got to be holding. Yeah, he's got bear. he's got like cloak bear traps, and then show it's he's like. Uh, do you remember that GI Joe guy Serpentor, who I had these snakes on his shoulders, and he could pull mm-hmm. the snake off and turn it into a spear. But when he yeah. did, another snake would just come out of nowhere and like <laughs> be back on his shoulder. You know, yeah. you can't lose the style. You know, you got to yeah. keep that look. Yeah, this is the exact same thing, I think, but you know, with bear traps versus snakes, which feel right. feels equal. I'm not gonna like I don't know. I could I could go with right. either of those ones. Absolutely. <laughs> um Death goes to finish the job as other judges arrive and the dark judges teleport away, but fears lost his teleporter, his body's destroyed, and his spirit emerges. Another one of those ghost things. And uh, Anderson hits it with this dimension jump thing. It says it sends fear to limbo, and then the limpet mine that's been attached to the dimension jump explodes, which traps him there forever. Mm-hmm. Nice, good move. Good move, absolutely. The dark judges regroup to figure this out, and Magruder yells at Anderson, but can't argue with the success and ends her suspension. But she'll still have to face the music after the crisis. Mm. Um, so Anderson moves to the so um, 
we start to get reports of the of, of the dark judge attack, and then judges themselves attack the Doug Church block. I think it might be a soap opera character or a famous Elvis impersonator. One of those two. Mm. Um, they're discussing their, their their next move, and we see the judges rampaging through the block. A lot of good gym murders here. Right. Like, yeah, you know, I love the guy weight benches the and bench stuff. Press. Oh, yeah. so, sorry. Go ahead. I love the guy who's dead under the bench press. He's just on his neck, and the person yeah, that's up. On fire on top of the uh, that other uh, object. Yeah, like, like like the pommel horse or something like yes, that. Right. And those some go, fun. Dips. They go to those guys in this in like a big sauna, like a steam room things, and they're just like like uh, putting. Death is putting his head, his hand, his hand through heads as they sit in there and stuff like that. <laughs> I got a wife and three appetites to feed. Ugh, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> Um, a precog has managed to pinpoint the judge deaths or the uh, dark judges next target at a hypermart. Um, and cause apparently losing judge fear has met, has, uh, has removed their immunity to being detected by the size, basically. Nice. Uh, Magruder wants to send judge dread, but Anderson claims that it's her case and Magruder gives it to her. You got a chance to redeem yourself, but don't screw it up. <laughs> We got a good. I love uh, uh, Judge Anderson's. Like uh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta make good on this face. He's very like. (laughs) (laughs) So Robin Smith does art for just one prog as the dark judge as the dark judges continue more gym based murders. Um, We see Judge Ward skeletonize a dude in a towel that was in the sauna. You know, make sure to keep it age appropriate. He didn't want to, you know. Uh, have him naked so but if no. you make him a skeleton first hey you can drop the towel it's fine skeletons are naked all the time and nobody says anything about it eli it makes me so angry the nudity it's a problem it's a problem <laughs> and then uh yeah even judge fires um boiling some people alive which is a harder way to do it but hey i guess if you got it you got the time i mean it's it is funny sort of the relative efficiency of these different judges you know because right. like, yes. Judge Fear seems very one at a time. Like, look at my face. Now you're yeah. dead. You know? Right. Whereas mm-hmm. like well, Judge, you close your eyes. Yeah. And like Judge Death just has to talk, has to talk to you. Or or just mm-hmm. has to touch you, I mean. And right. Judge Fire's got like a flamethrower, you know? Right. <laughs> right. Like there's a lot of variety in how personal these different kills are, you know. Yeah. But Judge Death, but the Dark Judges do crash an aerobics class, which is just not cool, guys. Like, come on. Right. People are trying to do their Zumba and you're bumming, rushing in there, killing everybody. You yeah. know? Right. <laughs> the rude. Judge, yeah, so rude, you know? <laughs> so um, they teleport away as judges arrive on the scene and Anderson's rallying the troops. The plan is to destroy the dimension jumpers and then hit them with these exile machines, which they're calling them. The precogs are wrong, though, because the dark judges arrive four minutes early. So let's give them the old mega city hello. <laughs> <laughs> so the final advance, the, the, the final um, um, section at the Mosgrove and Thung department stores, the dark judges have arrived with the judges waiting. A series of crotch of crotch shot of crotch shots, I should say, destroy their belt de- their belt devices. Like shoot them right. in the junk. You'll get there eventually. Right, exactly. <laughs> and Anderson throws the exile device, and these judges are sent to limbo, where they will stay forever despite their mental attacks. Oh, they're stranded deep in there. I did love the um uh cross hatching on these two skeletons. Uh it was a uh, very well done. They got a lot of depth out of that. Oh yeah, just yeah of these of these two skulls being sent to limbo of fire and mortis. Yeah, it's excellent. Yeah. You get a lot of sense of movement of them just being shot in there and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But that was fire and mortis. Now all that remains is Judge Death. He gets riddled with bullets, mm-hmm. which is pretty awesome. His right. spirit escapes and tries right. to attack Judge Anderson, but he uh but she still hits him with the exile device, sending him away. Oh, the 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 uh the like the field of the device does take off the heel of her boot, which is pretty close. Right. <laughs> the day mm-hmm. is saved, 
And finally, after a formal inquest, Chief Side Judge Omar clears Anderson of culpability. She must have been mind-controlled by the dark judges. And because of that, she could return to work. All she's got to do is stop calling the, the Chief Judge CJ. Oh! <laughs> and I love, like, you can really see um, Robinson's influence by um, Br- Brian Ballin in this final story, just because her face looks a whole lot like sort of the original Judge Anderson right. face, if you ask yeah. me. I also like that she starts calling him baby after that. Which I'm sure is less formal. Oh, it's, it's somehow even less formal than CJ. And I think that's like a reference to um, to Kojak or, or whatever. This uh, this character played by Telly Savalas, who is this like cop who called everybody baby all the time. <laughs> you got it, baby. That's funny. <laughs> and I guess, yeah, the, losing that heel. She's like, you know what? No more high heels anymore. Yeah, it's I'm practical. Gonna, yeah. You know, I think we'll we'll see some adventures where she does have more flat boots. It's something I always look for with Judge Anderson of just mm-hmm. like, you know, whether they're drawing her with heels or not on her boots. It's kind of a funny thing. <laughs> but yeah, that's the end of the four dark judges. The uh, judges are gone forever, trapped in limbo, and will return in early 1990. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man, they keep getting rid of them in more permanent ways. Like so, yeah. I'm, I'm interested in seeing how they uh, do it next time. And so oh. far, you know, uh, they haven't broken my disbelief. You know, uh, these uh, trans-dimensional death judges. Each time they come back, I'm like, oh, that's clever. So, uh, yeah, I'm I excited mean, to see how they pull it off again. They definitely. What, what I really like about how they handle these guys, they do come back, but they come back like every four years or something like that. So it, it feels it feels like an event when they, when they when they come back. You know, it's not just like all right, here's another monster of the week or something. It's like oh man, Judge Death is back, and that means that we're all in trouble. You know, right? Exactly. They kill at such an alarming rate, and they also get more efficient each time as well. Yeah, they're definitely learning their way around the Justice Department, even as the Justice Department's learning learning about them, for sure. Right. When you have that immortality, you know, you, you, you get to do some stuff. Yeah, I got that patience, you know. But but yeah, uh, we will we'll revisit Judge Death and his buddies. Um, and actually, I, th- I, th- I think a couple primers because I want to do some I, I want to do some pretty extensive coverage of uh, of the upcoming Judge Death story, Necropolis. Just because it, it, it influences a lot of uh, of the Judge Red magazine as we'll be coming up to it, you know. Mm-hmm. But nice. it's good, yeah. So I mean, so what do you think? I I, I guess maybe we we've covered a little bit, but but what are you thinking about uh, Judge Death here? I like him. As I said, his uh, motives are very simple. Um, I do think uh, teleporting around is the coward's way out. Mm. But I guess because that's kind of how he was. He was first time. Hey, I'm Judge Death. I'm killing everyone deal with it. Then he finds out, oh, they can kill me. Uh, and he, of course, he was like, well, I'll just possess someone and get another body. But he found out Judge Dredd, yeah, no, he'll keep blowing up my body. So that's not going to work out. Yeah, so like the uh, second time, that's like get a shield, like let's just keep, make it so that no one can get in here and we can just kill this whole block. Right. And then maybe yeah. we can move to a different exactly. block or something like that. Yeah. And then the following time, hey, let's bring some friends. Can't kill all of us, right? And then, the, and then uh, all right, let's have someone come up, wake us all up. Then we'll go. We got these teleporters. They don't have that technology. We can use that as our advantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they so figure I'm out a way to turn that around against us. Oh man! Exactly. So uh, I'm giving them a lot of uh, clever points. Uh, and I mean, um, aren't, don't they have trouble with population control? I mean, judge death coming out every four years probably isn't the you know. Uh, oh yeah. You know, sad, of course. But you know, I, at the I end, feel like I feel like if like it's more that it just makes them look bad to have this monster mm-hmm. running through the city as right. opposed to the actual overall loss of life for the Justice Department. You know, right? Yeah. So I do wonder if they're just going to have. Um, uh, hopefully, next time they have they advance this teleportation to limbo uh, even better. Maybe they could just put it in bullets. They shoot them, and then all right, you're off to the limbo dimension again. Mm. Uh, but then it's like they they, they almost need to find, find new ways to do it each time because they just came back from limbo. They must have a way out of it. So I mean, I'll say they definitely like keep escalating what they do every time, and we're going to definitely see that in the in the next uh, uh, death story for sure. Just a huge I, I wanna, uh, 
And uh, so you already seen it. You already know what they're going to do. Oh yeah, I've I've sort of. I mean, I've read like the first thousand or so. Like I've read sort of of a of a 2000 AD and the Judge Red magazine up to like uh, the like 1996 or something like that. So I got a vague idea of what's going to happen, at least in the immediate future. Let me let me ask my theory: Are they going to get into some type of chemical warfare? They're going to try to just use some type of weapon to kill a bunch of people at once, rather than them doing the legwork. Kinda. Oh, nice. All right. It's more complicated than that, as you can imagine. Right. (laughs) But they're going to definitely do a whole lot of stuff. Like, they're going to, like, next time they'll be more organized and there's going to be a whole lot more people involved. So I think generally that's going to be – yeah, it's it's, going to be a lot of fun, I think. I'm excited for this next section and for us to to see more about what's going on here. That's awesome. Onward and upward. Absolutely. Yeah, and I hope everybody enjoyed this trek into the history of Judge Dredd, doing, again, just a couple of these, a couple more of these to prep for the magazine. And until then, you can find Big Meg One on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, Spotify, or on our podcast site, BigMegOne.com. Feel free to contact us at spacespinner 2000 at gmail.com on the 2080 forums, or on our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter pages. On Twitter, we're at spacespinner 2 k For everything else, look up spacespinner 2000 We should be there. Come back next time as we'll learn more about the other side of these Judge Death stories as we're going to go in-depth on its frequent antagonist as we learn more about side Judge Cassandra Anderson. All right. Just some fun solo Anderson adventures. There's going to be demons. There's going to be ghosts. There's going to be enemies, psychic. It's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, absolutely. And until then, I'm Conrad there, Eli, and we are Big Meg One. Splendid Earthquake!